0: The force. The force? The force is what gives the Jedi his power. It's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us and penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. Hello there.
1: Welcome back everybody to Death Star Dispatch or welcome aboard if this is your first time tuning in. I'll show you the dark side. My name is Fred, your host as always, and I am bringing on a friend of the show, Greg, but more notably known as Ion Cannon on Twitter. I first met Greg on Twitter where I saw him posting parts of his collection and I was absolutely in love. He has an amazing display, so if you do not follow him on Twitter and you love to collect Star Wars, you cannot find a better account than his. As usual, with every guest, I will have all of his links in the description below, so please consider following him on all his different social media accounts and his YouTube channel after you're done listening to this episode. Not only does he have the most impressive Star Wars collection, but he is also an Obi-Wan Kenobi fanatic, a lover of Star Wars novels, and he is in fact a writing teacher himself. So of course, tonight's main focus with Greg will be talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi, his Star Wars collectibles, tips for brand new collectors, and of course, a few personal Star Wars stories as well. With that being said, I am so excited to finally have gotten him on the show, so sit back, relax, and enjoy your stay on the Death Star. For those that don't know you, Obi-Wan is your favorite character. Correct. (laughs) you remember was there like a moment where you were like this is my guy or was it like a sequence of just built over time seeing his impact in all the movies that made you
0: decide okay obi-wan is the coolest character in all all time uh it's a great question um so it definitely didn't happen like the moment i became a fan I was a fan for a while. I had this very weird entry into fandom where I saw Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi about three years before I ever saw A New Hope um, on you know, VHS tapes off TV. Um, and so at that time, I didn't even understand who Obi-Wan was. It was around the time of the prequels and you know the selling point of Phantom Menace for a lot of us was like, of course, this is Anakin's origin, but you're gonna see young Kenobi and he featured in the trailers and i i really started to kind of click with him because he was the young cool jedi um and it, and you could already tell that ewan was gonna just kill it um in those movies so uh when i was i was let's see a sophomore in high school i think when phantom menace came out i think the math on that is right and my friends and i saw the movie we loved it so it was that summer um, a bunch of us had a video camera and we were goofing around with the toy lightsabers and we said, let's do a reenactment of that duel as best we can. And, you know, we were kind of straight edge kids, so we weren't drunk, but it w- we should have been because it was that kind of quality that we were managing. Um, and I was assigned Obi-Wan and I just, you know, from that moment on, it was like, oh, well, I got to buy myself a blue lightsaber because that's what I used in the movie and I, I should buy his action figure. Um, and then. I would say maybe, you know, a little while after that, I actually uh, bought some trading cards and the galaxy set, I think it's galaxy four. Um, there's a really cool mini set of six cards and it's about the the myth cycle of, of um, Anakin. And there's a card about old Ben and it talks about how the moment old Ben disappears is this turning point in Vader's life. Because up until that moment, Anakin slash Vader had thought he knew everything. And at that moment, when he steps on that cloak and is looking for Kenobi, you realize, oh man, I don't know everything. There's something Obi-Wan didn't tell me. And I think that is the moment that starts unraveling all that Vader had become and sets him on a course to revealing to Luke he's his dad. And then uh, eventually turning back to the light. Um, so that kind of cemented, okay, I like you I like old Ben. I'm gonna, you know, this is my guy. This is what I'm going to do. Um, and then, um, it became an easy way to collect is just always grabbing whatever Kenobi comes out and, and seeing what they can come up with with him.
1: The good thing about Kenobi is he has so much production out there. Like there are thousands of Kenobi items for you to buy. <laughs> So you picked a great character. You're always going to be able to find something new.
0: Yeah, and there were years where I was collecting, especially in college and my my uh, beginning of grad school. I didn't have a lot of money. I might have, you know, fifty bucks a month to throw to collectibles instead of food or something like that. So um, my old tactic was I would go to eBay, just type in Kenobi and hit sort by uh, cheapest, right? And then I would pick up random little Japanese keychains, a lot of Lego minifigs, um, miniatures from games I never knew how to play. Um, And it just makes for a really nice shelf with all these different Kenobis kind of juxtaposed together.
1: I think you were born for this because my next question was going (laughs) to talk about your Kenobi collection. Yeah. You have Um, a large
0: Kenobi connection
1: this thing is impressive (laughs)
0: um it yeah it's something I'm really proud of and I have a lot of it displayed these days which which has been nice um but I I devoted myself to that character um like you said there's no bottom to what they make for Kenobi um and it really became a way to actually limit myself, right? Because there was a time when I started to have a little more money and got my first job. It's like, yeah, I could go to Target and buy the whole wave every time if they ever had it. Um, but uh, then I was like, you can't, You're, you don't have the space for it, you don't have the room. So I try to limit myself to Kenobi's for a number of years. Um, and I, it's funny because I always had some friend push me over a little um, into like the next level. So um I never bought like a gentle giant statue. It just seemed unobtainable. And one year I had I had these two friends, they were my grad school friends and and they bought me a birthday present and you know they went in together on it and it was, you know, made a $60 statue, you know, 30 bucks for each of them, which is a nice gift but affordable. And so then I was like, well now I gotta track down all these statues and add these to the mix and and so on. Um, my first apartment with my wife, um, she gave me our back room um, and I had, uh, it was so cool to hang all the different Hasbro card backs next to each other. So you put a Phantom Menace next to a Power of the Force and then the green and the orange and the, you know, the Clone Wars there. And, and to get that mix on the wall it was such a cool effect. Um, that was probably my favorite time I had to display them. I've given that up in my Star Wars room now to have more of my posters up. Um, but they're they're in a Rubbermaid tub ready to go as soon as I, you know, get a bigger house and I can spread them all out again.
1: So I did not know that you had Kenobi collectibles not on display, too. <laughs> because your collection, yeah. I see it on Twitter, it just <laughs> pops up on my feed all the time. <laughs> and I love it. It is beautiful. I mean, you have so much good Kenobi stuff. Yeah. The fact that there's more is impressive.
0: <laughs> I mean, I I'm I'm looking at the shelves now. The the black series are all on the shelves. So when I share those photos, you can see those clearly. But basically all the carded figures are away. Um everything else I think is out. Um, you know, maybe with a few little exceptions. But my favorite are the weird ones. Um one of my favorites is I'm just gonna grab it, even though this is an audio podcast. Um Sam the Eagle from the Muppets, dressed as Obi Wan Kenobi with the correct lightsaber, uh, just ready to rock. I don't know why they picked Sam the Eagle, but he's awesome and it's just such a weird Kenobi. And he's sitting next to an Eminem dressed as uh, Kenobi and uh, those, uh, the Hallmark weird little itty bitty uh, things. So um, I I'd recommend it to all collectors. Like if you have a character you love, just kind of get weird things next to each other and that tends to be what people are drawn to when they come here um and see my room
1: this reminds me you remind me of a young steve Sansweet <laughs> because you know he loves all that weird minuscule stuff yeah um that that's something i could never really get into i have a few of them like the m&m things you were talking about yeah. I have those too.
0: Um, uh, those were huge uh, around revenge or, of the sith i think or... yes yeah, yeah. That's why I
1: have them. Back then, I was getting so much Revenge of the Sith stuff. Yeah. And, you know, the older I got, the more I bought all that kinds of stuff. Um, sure. but that was really the only thing that I bought. So seeing people that really like all these weird stuff like Muppet, Star Wars, <laughs> and, you know, Japanese knockoffs, I think <laughs> I think they're really great. I might not buy them myself, but seeing people, you know, be passionate about those, I find fascinating.
0: Mm -hmm. i i appreciate the compliment comparing me to steve yeah steve's advice to collectors when when he's interviewed is usually just find what matters to you like if you're in this collection thing collecting thing to make money it's never going to happen like you might get struck by lightning a couple times and have something that surprisingly jumps up to a lot of value Um, but most of the time you just got to buy what makes you happy so uh, kenobi has been that for me and um it's it's hard i mean you know the sequel trilogy hits and it's tons of new characters and you're like well no kenobi because he's dead so um i mean if only we'd gotten a force ghost or something in there but uh, I know. you know you can still break and bend your own rules i have a pretty big uh young Lando shelf uh as well um but uh I'm gonna need his spin-off series before I I get much more I think
1: <laughs> yeah and you know what I'm looking behind you too and you know the stuff you have on pegs I mean you have a nice variety like you're you're not just a Kenobi guy you know I see <laughs> I see Luke Skywalker on crate yeah. I see I see Clone Wars I can't see who it is from here um, uh
0: That's Rex up front. I found him for you because you were hunting at one time. Yes. Uh, But I was too slow, I think. Uh, I dug him out. Yeah, and you know, the Clone Wars movie was a funny time as a collector because it really felt like Star Wars, live action Star Wars was over. And I know modern Disney fans don't know what that's like. Um, They've never experienced that. But it really felt like Star Wars is over. Clone Wars comes out. I did the midnight madness at a Toys R Us uh, for Clone Wars. So um, I had a friend getting married in New Jersey and um, the rehearsal dinner was Friday night and midnight Friday night was um, Clone Wars, Midnight Madness. So me and another couple friends who traveled for the wedding were like, we're going, like this is it. So we're in uh, like Jersey Shore, Jersey, at a Toys R Us in a town called um, Tom's River, I think it was, and um, we, we stayed up there, it was a huge crowd for it, like everybody's going nuts. And then the movie comes out and crickets. Like I went to the midnight screening, it was half full, which I'd never experienced before. And so there was this kind of feeling, I think from a lot of us like, oh, this isn't going to be like it was anymore. Like this almost doesn't count. Um, and yet I liked the movie. I, I, I didn't think it was the best movie in the world, but the first time I saw it, I was like, okay, like there's a lot of potential here. Um, in hindsight, you're making a TV series. You shouldn't put the pilot in theaters. like that's a risky move like to, to do. Um, so anyway, so I ended up collecting a bunch of the Clone Wars. Um, uh, on my pegs, yeah, I have Clone Wars and I have um, some of the vintage I collected. I also really like the new retro collection. That's been the latest time I broke my Kenobi rule. Um, I just think those are so cool. Um, I, so I, I'm kind of a between the OTPT. Uh, kid. I, I was born in 83. So um, by the time I was coming of age, the figures were around, but I didn't necessarily know what they were. And, you know, it's all a lot of gar- uh, garage sales and, and flea markets. Um, so the retro con- collection has become a way for me to kind of pull back into that time that I missed and, and have some kind of representation of it. They never made Kenobi for retro con- collections. So Really. I had to I had to break the rules to get the rest of them anyway. So
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I I only have one retro collection and it's the Tarkin.
0: Oh, from the board game. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I had to because I know Tarkin is the only one that never got a figure. So mm-hmm. I felt the need. I had to I had to have it, so I bought it. <laughs> the rest of them I did not buy, and that is because I am hopeful that I can have the originals one day.
0: Someday do it, it aspire yeah. to that. I, yeah. have,
1: I have quite a few, not on card. I have none of them on card. Um, but I do, have, I do have quite a few. And the reason I want the originals instead of the retros, even if they're beat up, you have someone's childhood yeah. who you know, went through Star Wars as it came out originally in 77. And they got these toys in 78 and they waited almost a whole year To get Mm. these toys. And they finally arrive and they played with them. And, you know, they really kids loved these toys. Yeah. And to have someone's childhood memories in my personal collection, even if I don't know the person, it doesn't matter. It was someone that really loved Star Wars and really loved the toys. And, you know, respected how iconic that film was for its time. Mm -hmm. Having a piece of that to my collection is for me. It beats, you know, buying the retro collection on card, even though they are fantastic and they're gorgeous and it is hard for me to resist them. But, you know, until you see them all
0: beat up at Walmart, then it's easy to walk by. It's like true. I've seen them really roughed up around here. I was like, oh God, somebody not only like tossed aside the ones they didn't want, but stomped on them on the way out or something.
1: My Walmart (laughs) never has anything. My Target Uh, does, but my, my Walmart is dry.
0: Okay. I, like, I, uh, there's a We have a Walmart on like a major highway and that one is always dry, but I have a little secret one that, you know, if I hit before the weekend, most weeks, I can usually find a thing or two um, and not in the worst shape in the world, but um, it's, it is, it, it's harder than target. Target around here. I think I can spit in every direction from my house and hit a target. So there's lots of chances to try.
1: Yeah. I've got two targets that are of equal distance for me. Mm -hmm. and in completely different directions and the Walmart that is closest to me is also on a major highway so that's probably why I never find anything yeah um yeah but because you collect all different types of Star Wars not just Kenobi not just a particular line of all of the products that you do collect Mm. which one really sticks out for you like what what can you say is your favorite to go out
0: and chase and collect Ooh, um, it's a really good question. I Yeah, so when I teach writing, I always joke with my students that on a research paper, you don't want to be a jet ski. You want to be a submarine, right? You got to go deep instead of just skimming the top of a lot of topics. And as a collector, I'm definitely the jet ski. Like I I jump over and kind of dabble here, dabble there uh, and so on. Um, The thing I take most seriously is probably the books. I really try to get, every book that comes out. Um, I love getting signed books. Um, My wife is a book buyer uh, here in Boston. So um, she does all the buying for her bookstore. And that's led me to get a lot of cool kind of signed first editions of not Star Wars things. And that has slowly bled into my Star Wars collecting. And I really try to make sure a new book's coming out on a Tuesday morning. I have it pre-ordered from somewhere. All the better if I can get it pre-ordered from somewhere that's doing a signed edition or something like that. Um, I think that's what where I get the biggest thrill of the hunt. Um, And then after that, it's got to be the action figures. Um, I dabble very, very lightly in Funko. I'm kind of over them, Um, and that's no offense to anybody who loves them. Um, I I will pick up. (laughs) It's. I'm saying that the morning after I just bought the Child at a store because I saw him and I was like, yeah, I gotta have you. Um,
1: I've never seen one in
0: person. Exactly. Um, so, so uh, yeah, I, I, I don't do a ton of Funko anymore. Um, and I, I just like to, to sample the Hasbro, um, as much as I can. Um, and it's, it's been more fun now. Um, so I have a big, um, trunk really of nineties, um, opened, you know, Hasbro figures and my son is now 5 and so sharing those with him has been amazing. So something comes out like the resistance figures and he and I watch resistance. It's like, yeah, let's go let's hunt these together and make that like a bonding thing um and so that that gives me a lot of thrills too and and i have a couple good friends in town now and and we like to coordinate and you know we kind of always have a short list going of what we're looking for and okay i hit these targets you hit those targets and and that's that's really fun too to make it kind of a communal thing
1: oh man that sounds like a blast just like having a group of friends hunting different toys down in different you know, stores. And it,
0: and it just helps that you don't have to hit the whole loop um, at any given moment.
1: Yeah. You don't have to spend like two and a half hours driving around and then, you know, at least 15 minutes in every store, you know, that saves a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of gas.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. It's funny because it it tends to even out eventually. Like there are some months where, you know, somebody will score big and maybe they will be two of something we all want so I miss out and you feel like crap you're like no like how is there not a third um but then you know then I hit it big the next time and so I think we've all kind of generally benefited from it um and it's it it then gives you somebody um I actually met uh my friend Carl one of those two guys those are my friends Carl and Ben and Carl and I met in line at um Force Awakens Midnight Madness at Toys R Us um, so I drove there what I thought was insanely early to be the first one. And I was the fifth and he was the fourth in line. He had just beat me. Um, and he had his girlfriend at the time in line in front of us, um, with him. And then, um, she, he's told me that on the ride home, she was like, I think that guy behind us knew more about you, Star Wars than you do. And he was like, I knew I had to make you my friend after that. Cause <laughs> I couldn't let somebody, you know, know more than me out in the world um, but yeah it's it's great and, and i certainly recommend that i i know i'm fortunate to have friends locally to to collect with but if anybody can kind of team up and even using twitter or or facebook to try to um you know we've seen lately target has an exclusive and they're sold out in five minutes so you can at least get a little crew to try to hit it all at the same time it, it helps
1: yeah definitely i'll tell you i i have one friend that in person, like, love Star Wars, one person local. But they don't collect the way, like, I collect. They're more into Legos and stuff. Okay. I'll text them if I see a Lego or whatever. But other than that, you know, it's kind of just me. So using social media has really helped. You know, Mm -hmm. if I see, you know, if I see something that one of my Twitter friends, like, absolutely would love, I'll say, hey, check your local target for this If not, let me know. I'll get it. I'll send it to you. You PayPal me, whatever. I don't care. Um, Yeah. You know, that's also helpful. And with card collecting specifically, you know, I I was fortunate enough to become friends with Greg of Rebel Base Card. And me and him have made multiple trades via mail. Nice. You know, just, hey, I need this. You need this. Let's help each other finish some sets. So we've done that. And he was lucky, or I was lucky enough he gifted me almost a complete base set of vintage 1983
0: Return of the Jedi. Wow. Oh, that's, that's quite a gift.
1: Yeah. It's almost (laughs) done. So I have to hunt down the last few cards. Nice. But, you know, seeing those types of friendships build on social media Mm -hmm. for me, it's, uh, it's everything. Honestly, it's, it's me you know, finding my people in the world without having to leave, you know, the comfort of my own home. Um it, It's a beautiful thing what the community can do for one another and, you know, how everyone can support one another, even when it comes to something as silly as action figures, you know?
0: Yep. Well, and I've had the good fortune, it sounds like you as well, like, I've never run into a bad actor, you know, on message boards or on Twitter. There are assholes out there like of course course. but (laughs) um but like whenever i've arranged a trade or something it's always arrived and um and it's come through uh, one guy even he uh he arranged a trade i sent my action figure um the one in return never arrived for like two weeks i messaged him again he had left it outside for his mailman to pick up. It had poured, the whole thing got destroyed. He eBayed a new figure for me because he wanted to keep his word and had it sent to me to complete our trade. And I was like, that, that's a stranger doing that for me. And, and yet it felt great that, you know, a Star Wars connection is enough to, to guarantee that, so.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing, it really is, I love it. Yeah. Um, so sticking kind of on this subject. Sure. I'm kind of, you know, we're kind of talking about the importance of community and emotions, yeah. right? I think everyone has one item in their collection that they just have an emotional attachment to. You know, like mm. someone says, what's, the, what's your favorite thing that you own? That's a question I get all the time. Yeah, and My answer is not something that's of high value or high <laughs> rarity. It's something very silly and I'm sure everyone owns it but it's the most valuable thing to me. And mm. I wanna know, do you have one of those items? And if so, tell me what the item is.
0: It is, and and I will say, as I've aged as a collector, those are the types of things that matter so much more to me. Um, those are the things I make sure I display and I get out um, versus, you know, the last Black Series wave is cool, but yeah, nobody cares uh, about it emotionally or what have you. Um, I'm stuck between two. Let me tell you about one and then we can decide if we want to do the second one. So, yeah, Tell um, me both. Tell me both of them. Sure. Um, so one that is, I think, as far as I know, truly worthless. Um, I don't think I could sell this on eBay if I had a chance. So um, I got into Star Wars probably around when I was in fifth grade. Um, special editions came out when I was in seventh grade. I think the math on all these works out right. Um, and so... Around fifth grade, I had a group of friends. They all liked Star Wars. I slowly got into it. I saw the movies. I, that was also when Power of the Force started coming out. So I got some of those figures and, and probably when I started as a collector. Um, and so around that time, I had um, a great aunt who, um, you know, it was my grandmother's sister. And they were very far apart in age. So she was more the age of my mom than, than my grandma. And um, she kind of noticed some family gathering that was playing with action figures or or just talking about Star Wars a lot. And she had sons who were um, adults at that point who had been prime age Star Wars fans. And she had a, you know, a million old action figures at her house. So if there was a family gathering there, she'd let me play with the the little box of them. Um, And it was, I think around the time I was in sixth grade is when my parents started to kind of have a rocky time in their marriage. Um, They stuck it out till I was in college, at which point we were all like, just leave, like just end it. Like we're, we're all done with this. Um, But you know, my great aunt, um, you know, saw me and could tell that things at home were probably not the best for me right now. And so she remembered that. And so at Christmas, I had a big gathering with a different part of that side of the family. She wasn't there, um, but I was at my grandmother's house and my grandmother said, oh, and your aunt Dawn sent you something. What? Like, why would Aunt Dawn send me something? Like, who am I? She's always very nice, but I see her like twice a year. why she send me a present? Um, and what she had done is um, in her son's room when they were growing up, they had the original 1977 wallpaper, the classic printed um, design. Um, if, if your listeners were at Celebration, I think Orlando, Steve Sansweet put together like the dream 1978 children's bedroom. And that wallpaper was up in that, that room, if you can picture it. And so she took two squares of the wallpaper, which would be so that each panel, this the two panels would be to the left and right of each other and above and below each other. Um, and she cut them out of the roll she had saved. She put them in a frame, she, she set them up na- nicely. And just out of nowhere, this was a beautiful Christmas present. And they, I hung them up in my, my room immediately. Um, they are still hanging here in my Star Wars room. Um, I, I don't think they made it to my dorm room in college, but I think every other room they've always been up. And so to me, that was like something really special because she saw that I was going through a tough time. And um, she unfortunately passed away oh, probably about five or six years ago now. And um, it was like, that was all I could think about is this one time she knew a kid was suffering and made sure, even though we weren't that close family, to, to, to take care of me. So, um, so I, you know, when she passed, I sent a nice note to her, her sons and I was like, your mom always meant a lot to me for this reason. And it turned out each, she had three boys. Each of them had gotten a set two. So, in all of our adult homes, the four of us have these cool uh, wallpaper squares um, and and they mentioned it in her eulogy that I shared this memory and they shared it also it was It was really beautiful so i, I don 't think i 'll ever have a Star Wars room that doesn 't have that um, up in it um, i think
1: that might be like the most genuine heartfelt story i 've ever heard <laughs> like that 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 is the most thoughtful, like incredible Star Wars gift. Like, I, I don't even know what words to find. Like, that was awesome. I, 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 I don't know how to top that now. I definitely can't top that, but um,
0: thank you flash for sharing. Them to that. You. There they are. Ah, yes. Again, not good for your audio medium, but they are hanging there. Yes, the I see them.
1: And yeah, that is the wallpaper that Steve did set up.
0: And yeah.
1: that is a cool, that was a cool looking setup that he had too.
0: Was it, cool. it was very cool, especially, like I said, somebody who could never have had that bedroom. It's like, yeah, that would have been the dream as a yeah. part of that. Um,
1: so what was, your, what was your second one? Because I know you said you have two.
0: Yeah, so um, uh, around the time, this one is actually already, I don't think my wallpaper has made my Twitter yet, but my uh, often in the background of my Twitter photos of my collection is my R2D2 Pepsi cooler, um, which has become this, crazy like biography of a fan item for me so um, so my uh, parents uh, when I was little I grew up in a town in New Hampshire um, there's one stoplight it blinks it doesn't even freeze it's just a, a blinker um, and there's about a thousand people and growing up my parents ran that uh, the market in that small town um, they bought it maybe four or five years before I was born and my dad poured his life into that market. Um, and it was always on the verge of collapse. This is kind of in New Hampshire, that was when supermarkets had appeared and people were willing to drive further for groceries. So the local grocer didn't mean all that much uh, anymore. Um, and it was, you know, like I said, the, the profit margins were razor thin. He worked 60 hours a week. It, it nearly killed him at one point because he had a heart attack um, just from anxiety and stress. Um, and so he, uh, he always supported me as a kid, but was not around much, even, I mean, the stores a mile away. He was uh, in town, but, but not that far, not often at our house. Um, and so uh, I think around 96, um, he had a giant Pepsi soda cooler at the front of the, the market. And in the middle of the winter, it sprung a leak. And it leaked in the back and it leaked in such a way that he didn't spot it for a long time until actually the wood had rotted so much that it settled in. And once the kind of cooler shifted, He was like, oh God, there's a serious problem here. So he moved out the cooler and explored it, got carpenters to come look at it. And it turned out this faulty Pepsi cooler had cost about $3,000 worth of damage to the floor. And like I said, there goes the year's profits. Like now it's gonna not be a vacation this year or a cheaper vacation and all of that. Um, And so uh, my dad is wonderful, but he has a temper. And so he made sure Pepsi knew that like, it was bad and that he was really angry with them. And he, you know, did all the small time threats of it's going to be Coca-Cola up in the front of the store from now on or whatever. Um, So then when the special edition came around, uh, Pepsi had a huge license with Star Wars and did everything under the sun. And um, the Pepsi salesman had figured out, we wronged this guy and his son loves Star Wars. So he rolled up with a ton of cool display stuff but the creme de la creme was this 1997 um, R2D2 Pepsi cooler. Um, And so uh, I just remember, you know, average day coming home from school, you know, open the door, throw my backpack down, look up and just am aghast because R2D2 is sitting in our kitchen. And my dad played it cool. He's like, oh, just this guy wandered in. I don't know what's happened. And like, um, but said it was for me and it, um, you know, when I got it, I think I could fit myself inside of it and I could like play in it at that time. So um, I was much smaller then. Um, and then that has made the, the trip through every house I've owned as a part of it. It actually met um, the part I mean when I say it was, it's kind of an autobiography of my fandom. So uh, he told me about that story eventually. Like I said, my parents split up. My mom um, eventually remarried and then my stepdad had um, really early onset Alzheimer's. I have a great life. I'm making it sound like a Hallmark movie. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, so he had early onset dementia. And so my mom's moving out of her house. He is just really out of it. He started fighting mirrors um, because he thought it was some other dude here to threaten him. And so um, it came time to move my stuff. Um, R2-D2 is about to get moved. I put him in a truck and I'm like stowing him down. And my stepdad suddenly thinks I'm like a, a burglar or a robber or something. So he comes after me, like fists up. I mean, I don't think he could have really done that much to me, the, the level of frailties at. Um, and my mom freaks out, I'm freaked out. It's a terrible scene. And she says like, just go, just get in your car. I'll meet you at the storage unit, like just go there. And so I didn't secure R2-D2 and they start down the road, and the wind catches his dome, and the dome flies off. And so I eventually drive home, and the first thing I see is just shattered bits of his dome in the road, because it blew off, smashed in the road, cars had hit it, it was cooked. And I I was already in a bad mood, as you might imagine, and I'm just, I'm done. And my mom is crying when I get home. She knew it was like my special thing. She looked that I loved it. She's like, I didn't know the dome wasn't attached. I didn't know all this. Um, So I had spent then uh, the next five years looking on eBay. And they come up on eBay sometimes. The legs are always damaged or the dome is always missing. Um, And finally, I found there was a woman in California who had one with a leg missing. And she had had it up on eBay for a long time. And I sent her a message and I was like, look, I, I understand you're trying to sell the whole thing. Can I just buy the dome? Like I have one, it, it broke. I just want the dome if you could. She messaged me back. She's like, you know, it's my ex-husband, so I don't care. I'll sell you the dome. And so she cut me a deal. I I was willing to pay the whole price she was asking if she just mailed me the dome. She charged me half price just for the dome, and she mailed it across country. So it's a replacement dome, and I love that little extra touch of there's some poor screwed guy in California who misses (laughs) his. And probably if I keep telling this story, he'll eventually track me down, and I'll get sued for an R2D2 dome. But uh, so yeah. Um, but to your point, I I really do. I'm a firm believer that it's the emotional things that matter most to us. I have things. I I, I think the R2D2 can get a fair price, um, and I have things that are much more valuable. But those things are not what I'm grabbing if there's a fire, right? I'm going to come in. I'll probably grab those wallpapers because they're a lot easier to carry.
1: Yeah, definitely. No, it's definitely the emotional things that you know mean the most to us. Yeah. I I guess I have really three things that if there was a fire Mm -hmm. what I would grab in no particular order the first one would be my Billy D. Williams autograph photos because I met him Mm -hmm. so it wasn't like oh look what I found on eBay or look what I bought from Star Wars Authentics it was you know a physical meetup and he's the only original trilogy cast member I've ever met and it was the only time I've struggled speaking i talk (laughs) constantly and i could not find words and it was it was just a magical moment for me yeah Um, number two um these are my action figures this is audio but you were going to hear about this um these are my action figures that i played with as a kid nice Um, these are the ones i played with as a child not ones i bought later Mm. um so i have the phantom menace obi-wan Kenobi. And Darth Maul from the Jedi duel, you know yeah. versions or whatever. Darth Maul has lost his lightsaber. His arms are stuck, like <laughs> going inside out now, like this. Okay, um, but the Kenobi is actually surprisingly in, in pretty good shape. Um, but you know, these were the first Star Wars toys I remember having, yeah. and I played with them nonstop. And i I actually talked about this on YouTube not long ago. Just recently, I found. That Darth Maul and that Obi-Wan, one I found online and one in an antique store, and I was able to buy them on card and display them on my wall behind me, Nice. and I also found the Qui-Gon, and as a, as a kid, I loved Qui-Gon, I always wanted Qui-Gon, and I was never able to get a ah, nice. because, you know, back then, Kenobi was the popular one.
0: Yep, yeah.
1: So Absolutely. I had the, you know, I had the Kenobi plastic lightsaber, the Kenobi toys, and I love Kenobi, I really do, but I just wanted one thing of Quigons, and I can mm. forget it. Um, so I finally have the Jedi duel. I have the three now, all on card, all right next to each other. So beautiful. Uh, those mean a, a good deal to me. Yeah. And lastly, this actually might be my number one. Before The Force Awakens, I never, I didn't collect. All I had were these toys that were left when I was a kid. Um, the only other one that survived from when I was a kid, you might actually remember this. There was a Power of the Force two-pack of the uh, the Darth Maul versus Ben Kenobi. Darth Vader. What did I say? Darth Maul. Oh, yep. <laughs> yep. Darth, <laughs> yeah. Darth Vader versus Ben Kenobi. duel on the Kenobi. Death Star. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know what happened to Ben Kenobi over the years, mm. but I still have Darth Vader. Okay. Um, so... That one also does mean a lot to me. But it's got one of those three, little
0: plastic pieces. Is that what that, that set was? Or yeah,
1: it's it's a little plastic piece and he has like a rubber band around his his wrists to like okay. keep the lightsaber intact. Yep. Yep. And his cape goes off and his head swivels and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um there's nothing else, no action. Oh, and his arms go up and down.
0: You're right. But, Ready but to go together. Yeah. <laughs> um
1: so those are the only three things I had, minus two Lego minifigs, which was a Yoda that my dog ate and I still oh. kept, and <laughs> the Padawan Obi-Wan Kenobi.
0: Nice. See, there's a Kenobi collector in you. There's there, all this I mean, dark side stuff, but you've you got the what, Kenobi. <laughs> there actually is.
1: You know, I, I have the Kenobi lightsaber. Yeah. I have tons of Kenobi toys. Um, yeah. I'm actually bidding on a Clone Wars Kenobi right now. Too. Oh, nice. So, nice. Yeah, there's I, – I, I am – I am a fan of Kenobi, I will say. <laughs> cool. um, but before before The Force Awakens, that's all I had. Okay. And after watching The Force Awakens, I was, I was just so in love with the movie and the characters and everything. And a few months down the road, uh, I, I was in a weird place in my life. I was in a dark place in my life. And long story short, I, I never wanted to be home. I avoided mm. being home as much as possible. And so I would get off work at 3.30 in the morning so at 4 a.m., I would go to Walmart. And at 4 a.m., that's when they're stocking their shelves up. Yeah. So I, I walked in one day. It was uh, March of 2016. And I'm walking through, and I, I see this Star Wars display. Mm. And, you know, at this point in my life, I had just gotten back into the fandom and Star Wars as a whole. I said, you know, I'm never going to pretend I don't love this ever again. <laughs> um, I am in it now, but I never envisioned myself as a collector and I'm walking through and I see the star Wars display and I see the force awakens Kylo Ren. Mm. And I don't know what came over me. I just remember seeing it, picking up the box and saying, I have to have this. And I don't know why. (laughs) And so I, I picked it up, I bought it and I went home and I had this glass, this glass table, like a round glass table in my bedroom. And on it was my Power of the Force Vader, my two Lego minifigs, and my two Phantom Menace figures. I I put Kylo Ren on there. I said, man, this is a good feeling.
0: Yeah, it's on.
1: (laughs) So the next day I went back. And I bought Finn, Rey, and Farm Boy Luke. And then I went home. And I went on to Amazon. And I went on to eBay. And I bought more. (laughs) I bought Stormtrooper Han. Mm. I bought Jango Fett. I bought blue box Emperor, blue box Darth Vader, orange box Stormtrooper,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I remember getting all these figures in, and I was like, "Wow, I guess I'm a collector now because this feels <laughs> great." And yeah. that, so th- this Kylo Ren figure, <laughs> this cheap little, you can probably still find it for like thirteen dollars if you really tried. Um, yeah, this figure that's not even that great sparked my entire collection which has grown quite large. Nice. So it, it, that is for me, what has a lot of emotional weight to it.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank I, you. I mean, it's so one of my favorite non-Star Wars movies is uh high fidelity. And there's this moment where he says, um, somebody asked him like, how are you arranging these records? And he's like, autobiographically, autobiographically. And, um, that to me, is like the best collections are autobiographical, right? like this is the story of me in these five action figures, like nobody else would, would put these five next to each other, but i 'm going to put these five, and I could tell you my life through those five or something, and so it 's a beautiful thing and it 's great to get to hear other people 's stories too
1: absolutely, and you know again it 's one of the main reasons i I joined star Wars Twitter and started making YouTube content and eventually, why I started doing this podcast now. This podcast is basically just to hear other people's stories. And I think it's fascinating. And I think it really shows the individuality of every single fan out there. And I think it's important to show that and put it on display and show like, hey, you might be a Kenobi guy, and I might be a Vader guy, and they might be sworn enemies. But at the end of the day, we're the same. We like the same things. Yeah. You know, we both respect, you know, different aspects of Star Wars, but Star Wars as a whole, we, mm-hmm. you know, we respect that and we cherish it and we have different memories, but they all mean essentially the same thing to us, which is, you know, this, this franchise is our life. It's not just a hobby. Like I always say Star Wars isn't a hobby. It's a lifestyle
0: yeah
1: (laughs) and it's true truly it's what it is it's you know my my life revolves around my wife work and star wars yeah at the end of the day that's what it is (laughs) um so sticking with the collecting trail yeah your your display is 10 out of 10 i (laughs) I love the way it all looks oh thank you so My displays I'm still working on. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do, how everything is going to essentially look when I'm done. Mm -hmm. Do you have any pro tips for things you should do and shouldn't do or how to display certain
0: things? What have you found
1: with your years of collecting that work and don't work?
0: It's a good question. I mean, I, uh, I would say my room is kind of collecting on a budget. Um, the, in other words, I don't want to ignore my privilege. The money goes into the collectibles, not the displaying stuff. Um, right. You know, you see the guys who order the giant eBay bookcases and the glass doors and the lighting and and that's gorgeous. And I wish I, I could invest all that. I just don't have the time and I, I don't, um, you know, want to invest in quite that way. I'd rather spend the money I do have on the collectibles or what have you. Um, so it's really been kind of a, uh, kind of trial and error uh, for how I display things, and I, I, you know, grow in a certain way, and I, you know, change it all up and, and do it again. Um, but a couple kind of principles, I guess, for how I, I organize my collection is I try to make sure all parts of it can be rotated. That is, I don't want to have a bookshelf that is the exact same display forever. I want to be able to swap out shelves to kind of put my creativity into a rearranging things and organizing things. Um, if I move, that's when that happens the most, uh, you know, um, my wife and I moved into this house about five years ago. We're probably looking at a move in another couple of years, depending on if the world ever starts again. Um, so that'll be the next Big reset, um, but uh, you know, uh, I really like to keep things cycling through, and so um, I have limited wall space in my Star Wars room. So I have three big poster frames, and I cycle out what gets displayed in them. I, you know, um, there's one frame uh, that still has a Rise of Skywalker theatrical poster in it. Um, it is on top of a Lando poster from Solo on top of a BB-8 from Force Awakens, on top of a special edition something, I'm sure, or maybe a Clone Wars, the timeline's there. Um, And I really like having that frame always cycling. And it's almost like, what's in fashion in Star Wars right now? Um, I I shelled out the money for one of those 40th anniversaries of Empire screen prints, the, the Matt Ferguson one. So as soon as that comes in, that's, that's going into that, that poster next. Um, So I, I like that. I mean, if I had a house with a million walls with star Wars art, I, I'd hang it all, but um, to have that flexibility to cycle through it. Um, The thing I've become famous for, for now on the internet is my pegs um, and putting these together. Um, so it was just, uh, it was actually, I bought the, the retro collection. And prior to that on, I had two bookshelves. And on the edges of those bookshelves on the sides, I'd hung the full A New Hope retro collection. So it went down on the side. That is genius.
1: Well, use why the sides. I, yeah. Why have I never <laughs> thought of that? Yeah. I I have all this side space. It's
0: nothing <laughs> there. Empty real estate, right? So the one the wall I'm pointing you towards right now, that's now a little mini Dr. Afra BB8 display. Um, so that's where my retro collection was. And I realized now that I have the Empire one, do I throw the A New Hope in a, a box somewhere and hang the Empire? No, I want to have that all out. And um I struck upon the idea, like, well, people have pegboards in their their you know tool sheds and and garages. I wonder what I could do. And um, I just went on Home Depot. I'm sure Lowe's and all the other chains have it. Um, and they had 18 inch by 18 inch um, pegboard panels, and they were six bucks. And so I bought those. The pegs were a dollar each. So roughly, I have two panels of them up now, and they are you know basically. 10 bucks each a little more with tax Um, and that's become my new way to get a lot of my collectibles that have been hidden away in boxes or drawers up on the wall and again another way to cycle through um, when I set it up the retro collections are on the top Clone Wars had just wrapped up so I was like I gotta get some of my old Clone Wars toys out to celebrate that again Um, and then um, the Bottom two pegs, um, I have a lot of the Ralph McQuarrie concept uh, figures from, um, I'm not always the best. I think that's Saga Legends is the where those are from. Um, and I'm like, I've always loved those and I haven't seen them in years. <laughs> so, so I got those out and I put them on the pegs. Um, that has been like the most fun I've had in my Star Wars room. Um, and it was really easy to do, really cheap to do. Um, and I've gotten so many compliments and, and comments on it. Um, after I was on with uh, Greg uh, from Rebel Base Card, he pointed out how it recreates the store feeling, which it absolutely does. And so I had this great idea. So for each of those waves of figures that's up, I took the one that I loved the most, the one that I would have really been stoked to find, and I hit it at the back. So for me, I know I can come down here. So uh, Clone Wars, it's Kenobi. He's tucked back there. I have a, a first day sticker. Um, on my Kenobi, and I just imagined like, yep, I could pick through and then there it is. I did get here in time to get that one. The, uh, there's a Last Jedi peg, and at the very back tucked in there, um, I put the Force Awakens Ray that had the lightsaber, do you remember that leaked out like yes. a week before the movie and Hasbro was pissed and Disney was pissed and we were all like, we knew it. Like you couldn't trick us. Like, you know, um, so uh, that one is a special one too. And it kind of looks funny there cause the card doesn't hang quite the same way as the last Jedi ones. Um, but it's like, yeah, I, I didn't get it till after the movie came out, but I, I like that kind of part of it. Um, the, the one other thing that I, I've tried two things recently. And so if these would be tips to other people. Um, one is I am completely overwhelmed with pins. I love like the enamel pins you see really creative people come up with. If you ever go to celebration, a million people will hand you pins and buttons and you can get into the pin trading. I, I don't, I sometimes grab a character I like. Um, and so what I've done recently um, is I, I had a bucket of them. And if I put them on my work backpack, I always lose them, and I get mad at myself because it's on the subway somewhere or stuck in the bottom of someone's shoe. I'm sure. Um, so I went to uh, Joanne Fabrics um, and was the youngest person shopping there by at least thirty years. I am. I am every <laughs> yeah.
1: time I go there too,
0: <laughs> and usually the only guy too uh, yes. most of the time. Um, and I just found a five dollar um, Star Wars ribbon, um, and it's you know maybe two inches thick, and um, I just hung three strips. Uh, My Star Wars room has two windows, and so in between the windows, I hung three strips of that, um, that Star Wars ribbon, and I got all my buttons out, and they're here safely. If I'm sitting here at my Star Wars room table, I can look at them and kind of go through memories. I tried as best I could to do one for each of the three celebrations I've been to, but they're all kind of jumbled. Um, This
1: is actually kind of crazy because I don't know what I got this on, but a long time ago, I, I got a star Wars ribbon. Oh really? And I I think it's in my closet right now. And I just put it in there. I got a star Wars ribbon off of something. Maybe it was like a stuffed Chewbacca or something. I don't know.
0: Oh yeah. I've seen that type of thing.
1: Yep. The the one that like kids can wear as a backpack. Mm -hmm. I ended up buying it for my wife and then I took the ribbon off of it. Um, (laughs) And I remember just, I liked it because it just said Star Wars over, like, on yep. <laughs> it. I was like, what do I do with this? And I put my pins on it.
0: Hey, nice. We didn't Very even cool. plan this. This is the coolest <laughs> thing ever. I That's have, awesome.
1: um, I have like for the for, the first Force Friday for the Force Awakens, which they might've still been, i calling that Midnight Madness by then. I yeah. can't remember. Um, but they had like a bunch of pins and stuff. And one of the pins was just a, uh, it's a white pin with a red Ray head silhouette. Yep.
0: And I, got I, I have the inverse. I have white Ray on red, but I'm sure it was yeah, the same probably. place. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I have that one. I have one that says like, I love the empire or something, but the heart is the death star. Oh, nice. I have um, like the four, it's like the force is target or something like that. I don't know. It's, I have like a bunch of Target Star Wars pins yeah. and a couple other pins that I've found over the years on this ribbon. And you also do the same thing. This is, <laughs> this is crazy.
0: Yeah. I I have four of them now and it's everything from all those things you're talking about. Um, my local theater is an AMC and I got a Rise of Skywalker opening night pin. So kind of special events like that. A lot of podcasts gave out pins at celebrations because I see Ion cannon. Um, I see Broaxium. I see Phanta I see um, Sky Talkers. Yeah. So, so I think it's become a popular giveaway. But, um, but that felt like a good innovation because I hate having like a box of things I'll never go through as a part of that. Um. So that's been really nice. That, now, um, I'm I might have to steal your sticker idea because stickers have been a struggle too. Because uh, the same thing at celebration you get a lot of stickers. They're awesome. And I feel like too bad to stick them on like a notebook I'm never gonna use again or or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I've been trying lately. I, I started, um, <laughs> I uh, like, two years ago um, I got fired uh, from a job, but I already had a new job, so it wasn't that tragic. And um, one of the things I was like going through my office, like, you know, I'm jumping off into a Titanic lifeboat. And so I'm grabbing whatever I can. And one of the things I grabbed is a lot of pocket pouches um, that are, you know, meant to have a single eight and a half by 11 in them. And I've been trying to get like a lot of the kind of random papers and stuff into those. Um, it's not working as well as I'd hope because if there's any thickness, it all settles to the bottom and then the binder doesn't stand. Um, but that's what I've done with stickers so far, but I like your, your strategy of having one place to just stick them all and then have that be kind of, again, like a record of all the, the travels you have or what have you.
1: Yeah. So the, the way that I display my stickers, my wife and I bought this metal hanging plate for our wedding last year. And we ended up not using it. And I don't, I'm going to be honest. I don't even know why we have it. I don't know what we bought it for. <laughs> I have no, genuinely no idea. But when I was moving offices, I found it in the house and I said, Hey, uh, wifey, what is this? And she was like, Oh, we were going to use it for our wedding. I was like, for, for what? She's like, I don't know. Just throw it out. I said, no, no, no. I have an idea for this. Actually,
0: yeah, I can do something with this <laughs>
1: because I had a bunch of stickers already and I knew I was going to be getting more. So I said, you know what? This is a good idea. So it's, it's just a metal plate. I would say it's probably 12 by 30 or Mm. so. And it comes with these little like peg things that you can hang. You'll be able to hang stuff, like hang it somewhere. So I honestly, I just took two thumbtacks and stuck them in the wall.
0: Yeah. As long as it holds the plate, the stickers aren't going to weigh anything. Yeah. It it held, it held up the plate
1: just fine. I tested that first. So I like put some weight on it a little bit and it held it up. I said, okay, so this works. So the beautiful thing about this is if I move offices again, or if, you know, I, I just want to put it in a different location in my office, I can move it without having to be like, be like crap. Now I have to buy all these stickers again or, Oh man. Now I have to ruin some of these stickers, and <laughs> uh, maybe some of them get stuck on the walls or whatever. Now I, I have a place where I can stash all of my stickers and have them be
0: mobile if I need them to be too. Yeah, I like that a lot because yeah, even in my binder, they're they're locked away. I can't really see them. Um, my friend on Twitter, uh, his name is Zen Kenobi. He does art, and I love his art. And I would buy a million T-shirts from him but I can't, um, I don't need any more Star Wars t-shirts as I'm sure we we're all at that stage. Doesn't mean I'll stop buying them, but I don't need anymore. Of course. And, and so I like to buy his designs as stickers, but then it's like, I can't just stick my friend's art somewhere random or, or something that will get thrown away. So yeah, I'm thinking I got to rip you off or you could even do that with uh, like a generic, uh, frame if you wanted to, and just stick them on the glass if you got a discount frame or something like that. and
1: Oh, absolutely! And I actually, I actually have an extra eight by ten hanging out here because um, uh-huh. I just bought a K two S O Alan Tudyk, Ooh, 8x10, nice eight uh, by ten that came out of the you know the eight by ten authentic mystery boxes you can buy.
0: Yeah, nice. That's someone, a good one.
1: someone pulled one already had it, threw it on eBay for forty five dollars. I said I'll give you forty. They said okay
0: yeah had it at my
1: door in three days and i had i already had a two pack of eight by tens in case of this exact situation sure um, (laughs) so i stuck it there but now i have an extra picture frame so if i ever get more of these stickers to where it overflows this metal plate yeah you know all i need to do is put them on that frame and then put it next to it
0: yep that's a great idea it's funny it's like it's like scrapbooking for middle-aged moms, but the Star Wars fan version. <laughs> Artfully <laughs> arranging stickers in your frame or, or metal plate. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. The, you know what?
1: The reason I keep it right here next to me is, you know, this represents the Star Wars community for me. Yeah. And nice. with how important the community is to me and with how much, you know, different creators and even people that aren't creators, how everyone supports one another you know, my desk is right here in this corner. And I want to keep the, a reminder right next to me that the community is here. You know, it's what really makes it for me. Yeah. So having that just reminder right there all the time.
0: It's um, uh, I'm the right age, so all my references are Simpsons. But it's the Maggie Simpson "Do It For Her," right? So Mr. Burns t- hangs the sign up that says "Don't Forget You're Here for Life," and he hangs up pictures of Maggie to change it there. So so you've got your Maggie Simpsons on your wall. It's the community. Absolutely. and that's that's beautiful. Well, and I think you know, it sounds like you're the same way. You get so much free content from podcasters. I would love to buy everybody's t-shirt, but I don't need everybody's t-shirt. Stickers is a great way to do that, right? Throw somebody five bucks or join their Patreon for a couple months. Give back a little bit to to what they're doing. um, And then as long as you have a way to display them, that's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think that like pins, stickers, and coffee mugs are probably Mm. all really good avenues. And I know for a fact, I have sold more stickers than anything. Hmm. Um, Stickers, and actually, my number two item would be hoodies. Oh, okay. Um, Because people, people just love a good hoodie. Yeah,
0: Um, yeah.
1: And you know, me right now, I don't have one on because it's very hot in here. Yeah. Normally, I I keep my house on sixty-seven year round. Nice. And I am always wearing a hoodie in my house. I like to be cold and comfortable. Mm-hmm. I am a cool weather type of guy. Why I live <laughs> in a warm-weathered environment, I don't know, but um this is I guess this is just where I ended up in the world. So, uh hoodies are also a pretty big thing that people buy in terms of my stores. Mm-hmm. But stickers are definitely number 1. Stickers are a great way to wear, hey, you know, 2 to 8 dollars you can buy something and, you know, slap it anywhere you want and support your favorite creators and I think it's a great thing
0: yeah and I've been trying more and more to to give back because I mean especially since the pandemic started my life is podcasting I, I shared the other day I think I'm subscribed to like 60 podcasts not all Star Wars but mostly Star Wars and it's like yeah I owe these people something I mean everybody's doing it for free but you you want to give back in some way at least show that you appreciate the time they give you so it's it's perfect
1: well it's it's a nice gesture to buy things but in my point of view the best thing that someone could give back to me mm-hmm. is their time yeah them taking the time to actually listen to a podcast or watch a video or read an article you know that to me means the world i don't yeah. i don't want anything from someone financially i want someone's time. Nice. Uh, Time, time is the most valuable asset in the world. Hands down. I know for me, I live a hectic, crazy lifestyle (laughs) with a horrible work schedule. And, you know, I I have to make, make sure my wife doesn't want to divorce me. I have to, (laughs) I have to make sure the home is taken care of. I have to make sure the animals are taken care of my full-time job. And then of course I have my YouTube channel and my podcast. Mm -hmm. I am on the go nonstop. I don't sleep much and I I do it for the love of star Wars and for the love of what the community has done for me. And this is almost a way of me giving back is by joining, you know, the creation side of it instead of being only the consumer. And if someone, for me, if one person clicks on a video or clicks on the podcast And they listened to it and they thoroughly enjoyed it. They got some fulfillment and joy out of it. To me, that is the best thing anybody could give me.
0: Nice.
1: Not even them enjoying it. They don't even have to enjoy it. The fact (laughs) that they gave me a chance is also very special. And I think a lot of us feel that way. So, you know, if someone is strapped for cash, don't go buy 45 of my t shirts. Don't go buy. 800 of my stickers, you know, you don't have to buy anything. You just listening helps me and feedback also helps a lot on the YouTube side. If you are a supporter of YouTube channels, the likes and the comments are the biggest thing for a channel. And of course, clicking the subscribe button, all mm-hmm. free
0: things. Doesn't cost you a thing. Doesn't really clutter your feed or anything like that. Yeah, i think exactly. to believe that too. So th-
1: that is very important for the YouTube side and for the podcast side. Uh, you have reviews, you have the subscribe button mm-hmm. on that and word of mouth.
0: Yep. Throw That's a tweet only- out. It's free. A lot of people like just hearing what other people are listening to and we'll give it a try. So absolutely agree on that one.
1: Definitely. And that's, that's all people could ask for is, Hey, if you enjoyed it, we appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your time. And uh, you know, for feedback, if I put something out and someone leaves some, some fair criticism, they're like, Hey, you know, I liked it, but this part needs improvement or, Hey, I didn't like this, this portion of your interview, or I didn't like, you know, this transition in this video, that's all critical to us. We, I could, I, I could, eh. eh. I, <laughs> I'm tied. I could only speak for myself here, but I take criticism very well, where sure. if someone doesn't like something I did, and they can give me a valid reason other than haha, you're dumb. You know what I mean? <laughs> Star Wars <laughs> sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stupid, stupid Soilo, Raylo, fanboy, p o s Okay. Okay. Well then you're just blocked and I'm not worrying about you at all. Right. <laughs> but in all seriousness, you if you go to your favorite podcaster or YouTuber or um fan site and you give them some honest criticism, say, hey, you know, I think that This doesn't really work, but if you did this to that, it could help. I'm all about that. Yeah, that's a good point. At the end of the day, yes, I do this for me. Hmm. I am putting myself out here. But at the same time, I want to make sure that I am giving the audience what they want as well. So finding that happy medium, best way to do it, feedback and criticism. Nice. So... Uh, I want to thank you for joining me tonight. This has been an absolute blast
0: oh yeah I'm
1: happy to do it. it's been a lot of fun. It has been uh, this is you know we have more in common than I initially thought, <laughs> and this is definitely the most we've talked i mean we've been talking on Twitter now for a little while, but yeah um, you know this getting on this type of personal level with another fan is always such a beautiful thing, and I can never get enough of it and you are an amazing guest and a great, a great addition to the, to the star Wars fandom. And I am glad that I found you on Twitter and heard you on Greg's podcast. (laughs) And, you know, I'm I'm glad that people are starting to also find you on Twitter. Yeah. Just
0: thank you. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. I I love connecting with the community. Like you said, it is a beautiful thing. Um, We could use a little more in this country in general, right. Of, of, connecting and seeing each other as real human beings and not people that are just their politics or anything like that. Um, So it it is kind of a beautiful thing. And especially these pandemic times are just killer. And so the more we can feel a little less alone, I've been, you know, my daughter was born, I think, two weeks into my quarantine. And so I have lived in my house with a newborn almost always on my couch and uh she's a great baby she's really easy except she needs to be held all the time and so i just i i would have gone mad if it weren't for the community like you're saying in the podcaster so yeah and then the added bonus of getting to, to chat is is always lots of fun it's great so and lastly where can people find you across the internets Sure. Um, so my handle on Twitter is where I do uh, almost everything, and it all connects there. It's at Ion Cannon, E Y E O N C A N O N. So play on the we- the weapon, but um, more like I'm keeping an eye on Canon. I love it. It's a great pun. I do think Star Wars authors get nervous when I tweet at them because it's like, who is this guy? Is he like really like being a jerk about what what is canon, what's not canon? Um, So I I would love people to follow my Twitter and my Instagram is the same thing, IonCannon. I I share my collection. I will make sure when this episode drops to put up some of the relevant photos and and share some of my treasures that we talked about here. Um, And then also link to there, um, one of the things I did this year to celebrate for Star Wars Day is I made my single YouTube video, um, which is on a page I called Blackboard Star Wars. So... I teach. Um, one of the things I'm an expert in is, is mythology. So I hear a lot of podcasts, um, try to use Joseph Campbell and do it poorly. So I went ahead and I did a quick little uh, 45 minute literature lecture on how I w- teach uh, how I have taught Joseph Campbell and how I didn't and it's it's I, I made it sound like a corrective there it's meant to just help people and try to say oh it, like we all love that Star Wars has these deeper roots if you want to talk about it with a little more expertise and depth I also uh, connected it to Rick and Morty and, and a couple other kind of fun things and it, and the the last portion I have to mention to you is all about Ray so that's on YouTube at blackboard Star Wars um it's all linked into my Uh, social media so people can find it there
1: and it is a fantastic video i have to say oh thank you that was a great thing i remember right after you posted it greg was like hey you need to watch this thing that this ion cannon guy posted i was like okay i was like holy crap this is awesome (laughs) like that that was very well done and if you you know he's only posted the one video i don't know if he'll ever post anything again but i promise you that one video is worth your time.
0: <laughs> I, will, I will try to do more. Like I said, infant daughter. But as soon as she's uh, up on her own, I'll try to get another one up and think of a good theme. So, but thank you for the compliment.
1: Thank you all so much for listening. I do hope you enjoyed this episode. As much as I did, I had an absolute blast talking with Greg. And I really appreciate him giving me some of his time to just nerd out and talk about all good things Star Wars with him. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider hitting that subscribe button or following our podcast wherever you're listening to this, and also consider following us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at DeathStarDispatch, on Instagram at DeathStarDispatch, and you can find Greg on both of those social medias as well at IonCanon. All of the social media links will be in the episode show notes. Also, be sure to stay tuned because I have a very exciting announcement that is coming very, very soon. So thank you all again so much for listening, and remember, the Force will be with you always.